I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is writer, director, and producer Renji Phillip. And we're going to talk about his film, The Wake of Light. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Glad to be here. You said it is Philip, right? Not Philippe? It, it is Philip, yes. Okay, good. Excellent. I don't like to mispronounce people's names. You got it perfect. Congratulations on your film, The Wake of Light. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. It looks like you've gotten some great feedback from people that have seen it. We have. We have. We were fortunate enough to uh, have done quite well on the film festival circuit. It really kind of struck a nerve with audiences in ways that I wasn't necessarily expecting it, but it was a real nice surprise and people seem to be liking it. So we're super excited. Uh, did you come up with the concept for the film or was it a team effort? I did, actually. I was on vacation uh, one summer at a, in a small mountain town in Colorado called Carbondale. And it's one of those towns that is just stuck in time. It's mm -hmm. in the middle of the mountains. It's a tiny town. It's, it consists of a main street and a, a row of mom and pop shops, and that's about it. And my wife and I were on vacation there, and we were having breakfast at a diner on the patio. And I started looking around this town and I thought, what an interesting place to set a movie um, because it was just stuck in time and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't advancing with the rest of the world. And I mean that in a good way. It, sure. things, were, you know, things were simple. It's like people looked at each other's faces and waved hello. Everyone yes. knew each other. So I thought that that was an interesting uh, location for the film. And then I came up with the character uh, what if you have someone who's young, who it appears she kind of has the world at her feet, but she can't go explore. She can't leave that yes. uh, town. And, and what would that create and what kind of pathos would that create? So that was really the start of it. The cinematography was beautiful. Oh, thank you. And I will say there's so much that's being said without words. It's so many moments and it's so powerful. You don't see a lot of films like that where you can just take in all the emotion without somebody doing all this talking. That's a very slippery slope to be on as a filmmaker because mm -hmm. I tend to like poetic films myself and I, I can go too far in that direction. Mm -hmm. And there's a very fine line between alienating the audience with too much like visual storytelling versus like filling in the narrative with through dialogue and action and things like that. So it's great to hear you say that. I love, I personally love poetic films like that, that say a lot without using dialogue. I would have made the whole film with no dialogue if I, if I had a choice, but I don't know if anyone other than you and I would have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and I'm not going to give too much away, but the character of the dad was really interesting because you don't usually see a film like that. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people have asked me if he, uh, well, I'm not going to give anything away either. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> Don't. Okay. I'll, I'll, we'll I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, give the viewers a sense of what the film's about. Let's start from there. Okay. So it's about a young woman who uh, has been caring for her aging father after he suffered a stroke when she was just a little girl. And uh, very early in her childhood, her, her mother actually passed away too. So her father is the only person that she has. And when she was about six years old, he suffered a stroke in the, in the fields behind their farm. And ever since then, she's been taking care of him. And he hasn't spoken in 20 years. 
and uh, um, so their relationship is 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 unspoken. And when you watch the scenes with the two of them at the dinner table, a lot is being said between the two of them with just looks and with just uh, you know with with subtext and history and mm -hmm. expectation and backstory. So that was the fun. That was the challenge I had was to create scenes where nothing's being said, where it's still easy to see the relationship that exists between two people. Right, right. You know, it was really interesting. Tell me about the casting too. How did you cast the film? So I had worked with Rome Brooks, both Rome Brooks and William Morton, the girl who plays the lead and the girl who plays the father. I've worked with them on four other projects in the past. And I wrote both those parts specifically for them because I know what their strengths are as actors. Okay. And I wrote, I wrote characters that I knew they could really kind of get inside and shine in. Um, Great. So yeah, I wrote the film with those two people in mind. And then as I was writing the script, the, the character of Cole, uh, Matt Bush popped in my head, uh, the actor Matt Bush, who's on the Goldbergs. And I had seen him in a film called Adventureland several years ago. And I had also seen him in a film called Nice Guy Johnny. And he has this very unique quality. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's humble, it's earnest, but it's quirky. And he just popped in my head when I was writing the script and he just stayed there. Um, I, I couldn't like read the script anymore without seeing Matt Bush in that role. And so we were fortunate enough to get him. And then the other actors I had worked with in the past two on prior projects. So it was 99% cast before we started pre-production or anything. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, the cinematography is beautiful. Yes, yes. My cinematographer is a, is a gentleman by the name of Reiner Lipsky, and uh, he, he's am amazingly talented. And he got the film very early. He read the script and he understood what I was trying to accomplish. And we, were, we worked just like hand in glove together to capture the light and the look and the feel of what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. And something, something else that we did was we, we were fortunate enough to go up to the location two weeks before we started shooting, just he and I, and we actually stayed in that farmhouse. And we would go to the different locations surrounding that farmhouse at different times of the day and see how the light looked. And we built, this, we built the schedule around how the light looked at different locations. That's great. And then, yeah. And then we had a super small crew. So if we were shooting, let's say, at one location and the light looked better at a different location, we could quickly abandon that scene and go pivot, go to the other location and capture it while the light was perfect. So Ryder was very much in sync with what we wanted to accomplish. And he did an amazing job and he wouldn't stop until he got the perfect shot, which was great. How does it feel to have won over 20 film festival awards so far? It feels amazing. I, I you know, I was not expecting it. I, I thought this was just a little kind of quirky poetic film that, you know, I, I was trying to explain this film to people before I made it and people were, were not really understanding it. And I, I, I thought to myself, okay, well, if I'm going to make this, I'm going to make it for myself. I'm going to make a movie that I would love to see. Sure. And if that if that's the only one, who, if that's the only person who sees it at the end of the day, I'm going to have to be OK with that. So that's really what I did. Um, I set out to make a film that I would enjoy watching myself. And we were then fortunate enough that really, I think the relationship between the daughter and the father 
mm-hmm. is something that a lot of people can relate to right now. Right. And that struck a nerve with a lot of people. So we were, that was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that, but I will, I'm very happy about that. I, I thought it was interesting too, because we are in a pandemic. I feel like we're all, well, not all of us, but if you're lucky, if you're fortunate, you're more mindful and you are, when I get up in the morning, I think, okay, one of the perks of being up before the sun is up is seeing the sun rising and yeah. looking out and seeing the colors. And, and I don't think I really noticed this before, yeah. but now I'm up, I'm in a different mindset and seeing the beauty of another day and valuing life more, appreciating my health. And I think this is a film where you can see them doing the same thing. You know, they have moments of um, positivity in the simplest things we take for granted. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot of depth to those things that surround us every day that we get, we kind of get immune to because we're so inundated with, you know, phone screens and news and and TV and all of that, that we kind of lose touch with that. But those things are all around us at all, all all the time. And they're, it's quite deep if we just really make a concerted effort to limit the input that's coming towards us. Once we do that, once we limit the input, all of a sudden the world around us is, is quite a bit more rich than we would have thought. Yes. I actually had this experience last night. I was running a couple of errands with my daughter. We were just picking something up at the grocery store. We come out, we take our masks off. And all of a sudden we both look at the sky and it's this pink and blue and it's the sun is setting and we were just awestruck. Yeah, the the skies have been amazing in Los Angeles. Where are you located? Orange County. You're in Orange County. So we probably are seeing the same sky, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know what's going on, but the sunsets for the past month have been amazing and the sunrises too. I've been yes. up on the roof of my condo building taking pictures yeah. Literally two days ago, I did that because the sunrise was so beautiful. With the storm of terrible news, it's nice to just wake up or watch the sunset at night and think oh, a moment of beauty, of peace, of some positivity, right? I know. You know, someone, a friend of mine told me the other day, he said, we're going through the big reboot right now. We don't okay. realize it, right? But we've mm-hmm. reboot. We've rebooted our perception on the world during this pandemic, and it's going to change the way we look at things, probably from this point going forward. It's going to shift, and we don't know exactly what our perception is going to be until we're there, right? Until we get until we get perspective on it, then we look back at this time and we say, oh, my gosh, my thinking kind of shifted so in so many areas during this time. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I will say, and I'll send this to you after our conversation, I wrote this piece called Redefining Humanity. You know, basically what we can learn at this point in time about how we treat ourselves, how we treat one another and the power of kindness. Yeah. Because I was so moved by the power of just helping somebody else, getting you, getting you out of your own funk, whatever you're going through, but the power of being kind to somebody else right now, because you don't know you know, that person you're standing in line with, you're, we're all in masks and we're all like, a lot of people don't even say hello anymore, right? I know, I know. The power of hi, can I help something is tremendous right now. I agree, I agree. And there's nothing that gets you out of a personal funk, like you said, 
um, like helping someone else or saying hi to someone or saying a joke or saying some common uh, relatable thing that, yeah. that that's, that's funny that makes someone smile. I totally yeah. agree. What has this been like for you? Because I'm sure perhaps you, this is not what you expected when you'd be releasing a film is to be on Zoom. Maybe you were just doing audio interviews. I'm not sure, but what has this been like for you? Okay, so we finished the festival circuit December of 2019, and we were and, and we were feeling great, right? We came okay. off a big wave of a lot of wins, and I thought, okay, so let's go get distribution right now, the right distribution deal, and get it out there as fast as possible. And so I was ready to start presenting the film to distributors like March 1st. Wow. And, and literally that Friday is when the whole, you know, the whole town shut down and the whole world shut down. Right. And I thought, okay, well, let's wait. And I ended up waiting about six months and not doing anything. And I, it was, a, it was kind of a, a, you know, a moment of panic. It's like, is this film going to be dated? And I was thankful that I didn't think the story was going to get dated with the passage of time. But at the yeah. same time, you know, we had, we made it four years ago. So I wanted, I wanted to get it out there, but about September, I logged on to the Lemley website because I wanted to see when they were talking about reopening their theater, because mm -hmm. that's the theater my wife and I go to all the time. So I wanted to see if they had an update okay. and they, they said, we're not opening anytime soon. However, check out our virtual selection of films. And they were screening, they had films on their website um, that they were screening virtually. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. And I, I actually reached out to the owner of Lemley Theaters to see if he might want to include The Wake of Light. And he, and he did, he really liked the film. And so that dictated the first step in the distribution strategy. And then after we got that secured, we negotiated directly with Amazon and Apple and Google Play, and then we're going to have DVD as well on February 16th. So, you know, it's, I don't know, it's working out like it's meant to be, right? you know? Yeah. I mean, all you could do is pivot, Renji. That's it. You can't do anything else. So I might as well be, you know. <laughs> right. You're not throwing in the towel. I want to mention the film is going to have its virtual theatrical release tomorrow, right? January 15th? Yes, tomorrow. Okay. okay. And opening on digital platforms February 15th. Uh, well, February 15th, it goes from the Lemley virtual uh, platform to Amazon and Apple, Tunes, I, I, uh, Apple TV, iTunes, and Google Play. Okay. Yeah. And your website, the, is it thewakeoflightmovie.com? That's it. And all the information's there. Great. Anything else you'd like to leave us with? I think you said it in terms of like being nice to people in simple ways, because we're going through extreme times right now in many areas, the conversation's so intense on, you know, right. with ev everything that's happening in the world that, you know, little small acts of kindness, they help a lot, a lot more, a lot more than people realize probably. So yeah. that's it. That's all I can say. And I just keep trying to do my part of that. It's all you can do. It's wonderful. I mean, where would we be without art, without creatives, you know? Especially, especially during times like this. Right, I agree, yeah. this is wonderful. Well, thank you, this is a beautiful film and uh, thank you so much, I really enjoyed this and it'll be up on my show blog. Great, thanks, I did too. Thanks for the time, I appreciate it. <laughs>